Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steven Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it. While we're at it, get on the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson and hit follow. Be sure to follow us. You know why? Because we're going to start. Would you stop doing that? Right. We're going to start. You better uh, listen to the Misfits before you start. Now it's stuck in my head. I'm it's here rocking not. out to Glenn Danzig. Just get it out. Get it out of your head. Just imagine the picture of him carrying cat food across the street. I'm the story of him throwing bricks. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we're going to start doing our uh, uh, podcast recaps of Raw Smackdown, Drunk Smackdown reviews, Buzz Smackdown reviews, and uh, uh, AWNXT yeah. live on Twitch. Will we still be putting the VOD up on YouTube? We'll be putting the audio exactly where it's always been. Nothing's really changing except for the, the live aspect of. I mean, of look, that. there's usually around between 200 and 600 people, depending on the show, depending on you know how exciting the show was before um, watching those. So for those people who enjoy watching us live, we'll now be doing that on Twitch. So be sure to follow us. Uh, if you want an explanation, it's simple. YouTube live streaming and their notification system is kind of bunk, so we're switching that over to, to Twitch. But the news briefs. Uh, and all the podcasts, all the stuff that's always on YouTube anyways is still going to remain on YouTube, including Listen, live reactions to our pay-per-views and the stuff. Only, the, only, the only difference is that if you experience, if you want to experience live recaps, mm-hmm. you just got to go someplace else for that. Yeah, exactly. We're still yeah. going to do them. Instead of yeah. doing YouTube, you got to go to Twitch. Uh, everything else, if you're a VOD watcher, mm-hmm. nothing changes. For nothing you. changes at all. So, yeah, it's just for those that group of people between 200 and 600 people that enjoy the live recaps – we're just over on Twitch. Except pay-per-views will still be on YouTube. Pay-per-views still on YouTube. Anyway, this is Matt Chats. We uh, get questions from our $20 and up patrons. That's right, man. Uh, uh, and then we, we answer said questions. Yes, correct. That is correct. That is what this is. That's what this is. So let's kick things off. And now uh, the Raptor is now oh, Matt Chat yeah. regular. Yes. So let's, let's hear what our favorite dinosaur has to say. Take it away, Raptor. Right. Greetings, Stephen Austin. Raptor here with a Matt Chat question. And it's a simple one. It's about the WWE for once. Shockingly. But do you think they'll actually make Drew McIntyre the star he should be? That guy is awesome. He's a wonderful freaking face. 
He could be pure beef baby face. But do you think the WD has what it takes to put him over? Thank you, Raptor. Thank you, the Raptor. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think so. Here's the thing. I think Drew will be fine. I think if if you take a look at the other top baby face on Raw, Kevin Owens, uh, I think that they basically just allowed him to be himself. Um, Kevin Owens doesn't seem to exhibit the signs of the same kind of pressure that Seth Rollins seemed to put on himself, which sort of led him to all his weird social media interactions, his interactions with fans at conventions where he'd seemingly berate them. He's supposed to be like, uh, he's supposed to be like a baby face and he's like berating fans for wanting to know more about process stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good look. Drew is not like the most active social media guy. Uh, he knows how to conduct himself with fans and the media and as long as they just let the guy showcase his natural personality, his natural charisma on TV, they don't saddle him with cheesy catchphrases or, you know, overscript his promos. Just let Drew be Drew, and I think he will get over. You need to keep him in feuds where he can showcase also his intensity because he does intensity very well. Uh, and, yeah, and he'll be good. There is the possibility that they'll just sort of make him too predictable and too baby face who just wants to cut, cut you know, who wants to uh, get the pop from the crowd and stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. the possibility. And people get bored with that. Yeah. So you got to keep the intensity high, which is ideally what you want to do with any feud in wrestling. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Seth Rollins always just seemed to be putting his foot in his mouth. And he never seemed all that comfortable as a face in the first place. No. And uh, so, yeah, Drew seems comfortable with whatever role they give him. Yeah. So just let him be him. I mean, recent history hasn't been terribly kind, especially on the Raw brand. Uh, Roman experiment. Uh, creative blunders uh, were of Legion, and it, uh, it was <clears throat> in large part a failure because of that. Seth, whether it be, was creative or more so his doing, uh, that kind of all fell apart. Yeah. Trying to make someone kind of the franchise player of Raw. Drews is seemingly next in line. Um, and, you know, history, recent history especially, hasn't been kind. However, I think now that Heyman's in charge and we've been hearing that uh, he's been allowing talents to, to, to kind of help uh, and collaborate with promos and that he's just giving them bullet points. Um, and then uh, they can go off and do their thing. Given That will give talents the freedom to uh, to hit those points how they best see fit to best show off their personality and that's what's going to get them over um, so long as they don't take too much of the edge off Drew uh, as long as they don't overscript the stuff as long as they don't put them in feuds that are predictable um, I know Drew is a huge dude uh, he's he's got all the talent in the world if you get him if you're gonna make him your top babyface. He still needs to fight from underneath from time to time. Yeah. That's what's going to get him over. He's got to overcome odds. Having yeah, big, giant, strong men, you got you to be creative with how they're going to do that because it's not like they have like Ricochet. He's tiny. They're, he's nat- you know, compared to everybody else. He's naturally going to be, like you said, fighting from underneath. Yeah, underneath. an underdog, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think more than anything, Drew has the, the force personality to overcome a lot of whatever creative shortcomings uh, uh, the writing 
might throw his way. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's got all the charisma in the world. Mm-hmm. He knows how to comport himself on the microphone. Yeah. Uh, he knows his character inside and out, and he's comfortable portraying that character in the ring, regardless if it's face or heel. Dude is one of the best. Um, and uh, yeah, just if they don't get in his way, he'll be fine. Let me ask you something. Yeah. So Raw, in very recent history, we're talking in the last month or two, has been a bit on a bit of a creative upswing. Yeah. Had Seth Rollins, however this would shake out. I mean, Seth basically turned face to uh, replace Roman Reigns when uh-huh. he went down for cancer. Um, had Seth Rollins' emergence as a face taken place over the past three months as opposed to when it happened around a year ago. Yeah. Do you think Heyman would have been able to successfully execute that? Or would it have been just as much of a stumble because Seth can't help himself on social media? I think it would have been the latter. I think uh, he didn't endear himself to the, the impossible fan base. task. Um, based on his social media behavior, um, I think a lot of that was just, hey, here's a guy who's continually sticking his foot in his mouth. Yeah. And especially doing so while kind of being condescending towards the fans. Yeah. This is not going to fly. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, next, got a question from Blake Esta. Take it away, Blake. What's up, Steven Larson? Matt Chats resident radio DJ checking in here once again. And my question here for this week, uh, real simple, is so you guys have been voicing some displeasure with Drew McIntyre's build coming out of the Royal Rumble into his match at WrestleMania. I remember the same thing with Becky last year, uh, Nakamura the year he won it. So who do you believe had the best build from the time that they won the Royal Rumble match until their match at Mania? Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy that one. Uh, Too sweet, hearty handshake, too good, me brother, all that good stuff, and libbity-bibbity. Thank you, Blake Esta. Thank you, Blake Esta. Uh, it's Batista in 2005, even if it's just for the thumbs down bit. This right here is like, that's how they made a star. Yeah, it took one I thumbs down. I remember watching that live, and I was like, dang! That was awesome. You have Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Doing his best Wayne. Yeah. You know, from Wayne's World. And Batista, thumbs down. Wrong. I'm going after you. I'm going after you. Cerebral Assassin. Wow. That was great. That was fantastic. That, yeah, that's how you make a star. In, in economy of language. Batista didn't have to say a word. He just did one thing. Thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. down. Great. Yeah, Brilliant. Terrific. Brilliant storytelling. Terrific. Uh, I'm going to go. So that, that's totally the number one answer. I'll go with the number two answer going back a, a couple years before that. Uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, he won the Rumble. And then he inserted himself, or Stone Cold seemed to insert Chris Benoit into the suit. Now, this is crazy to me because what is the click known for historically getting the click over uh-huh. that's what they cared about you had Shawn michaels and triple h involved in this amazing blood feud and instead of continuing to make it all about them they oh you they totally could have politicked to make oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. the match oh yeah but somehow some way they elected to build Chris Benoit, a WCW guy, they found it fit to let's get Benoit over. Mm -hmm. So we got that amazing moment at the end of 20 with Benoit and Guerrero. As champions, yeah. Holding those titles, embracing in the ring with all that confetti coming down. that main event was a damn good match. And it was a terrific match. And Benoit getting in there, you know, making his case against Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and kudos to Shawn Michaels and Triple H for bringing Benoit to that level and, man, creating a main event star Mm -hmm. in Chris Benoit. 
and making everybody else see it because we all saw it. Uh, that 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 was you know I think that was a pretty terrific way to handle a rumble winner as well. Uh, obviously, we all know what happened with Benoit years later, and that's a big fat tragedy. Yeah. But uh, at the time, oh man, making a star that was terrific. Yep. Uh, next, got a question from Christopher Rampersod. Hello, Steve Larson. So today is my birthday. I am enjoying it so far. So I have these two blunts here, and I just finished rolling them up, and I named them Steve and Larson. So I'm trying to decide which one to smoke first. I won't show them on the camera, you know, just in case you guys get in trouble. But so my question is, is about Edge. Will we see Edge? have the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship as a last run, who would he feud with and who would he beat? All right, guys, enjoy your day. I'm gonna enjoy my fly day. Oh, man. I think I decided I'm gonna use Larson first. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> so he's about to smoke you, man. I uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy your birthday, Christopher. It's it seems funny. like it's, uh, it's, 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 it's gonna be near impossible for you not to enjoy your birthday. Have you noticed a correlation of sorts with Christopher's Matt Chat questions? Uh, there are either questions where he's super depressed about the WWE product, or there or are questions. Or he's pretty positive. <laughs> or he's pretty positive for some reason. Anyways, he's talking about Edge. What a great question. Should Edge have one last title run? If so, who does he beat for it? You think you know me. Yeah, I think it'd be terrific. I think it's great, man. I think, I mean, you know, he's got, what is it? The rumor is 25 dates per year. Yeah. And then like five matches per year, something like that. So I'm not sure if they might have to reconfigure that particular deal for a couple more matches per year. Um, oh, although, I like, does, does Brock, do, how many matches a year does Brock I mean, have? I swear, like, one year he had three. Yeah, okay. He seems to be making a couple more appearances Yeah, he's right doing now. some more stuff now. So maybe if we up that to seven, seven matches a year as champion. Five is quite a few. Because okay. he doesn't show up at every pay-per-view. You can, okay, you can yeah. have that belt for, like, eight months and have five matches. Okay, easily. all right, all right, fair enough. He could probably have that belt for a year and have five matches easily. So here's the here's how it goes. I think it should go like this. Drew wins the title. Seth wins it off Drew. Kevin Owens uh, wins it off of uh, Seth Rollins. And then they've, they've, they've planted the seeds here with that Randy Orton spiel last week or this past week. Kevin Owens and Edge... Uh, maybe, maybe get Kevin Owens uh, a heel turn because we know he can be a terrific heel, and he gets his match. Have against the match Edge. happen in Canada too. Yeah, because they're both they're both Canadian. Canadian. That'd be great. That'd be huge. That'd be a great crowd That'd too. Be huge man. Uh, yeah, if 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 Edge, if his Put body it in can Montreal, if his body can hold up, um, uh, if he's still capable of putting on main event caliber matches, by all means. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. If there's a good story to be told, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost got the the order right. However, I think it has to be Seth Rollins that Edge would beat for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, if you will, years back, I think when Seth had the money in the bank, he uh, curb stomped Edge yeah. onto the briefcase. That's a super dream match waiting to happen. So uh, having that come full circle um, and uh, uh, having Edge beat Seth for the WWE title would be pretty darn cool. They need to have all those matches count, man. Every match on that contract has to count yep. for something. Yeah, you got to be important. They got to feel important. Yep. 
You can't be having a match with Baron Corbin. Get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. Or Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Imagine Dolph Ziggler. Wasting a pay-per-view match with Dolph Ziggler. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Um, anyways, next question from Jacksonville's number one. Gion Halili. Take it away, Gion. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Gion Halili, back with another Matt Chat question. Uh, missed it last week, so that made me kind of whatever. Anyways, my question for this week. Uh, we just saw Cody have an amazing uh, <coughs> cage match last week, uh, and it, it served its purpose. It, it was part of his story. But we also saw that Symphony of Destruction match with talented wrestlers. So... Should gimmick matches with no story or uh, no build, you know, anything go away in any wrestling company? Uh, or is there a reason for it? Is it, I don't know. You guys have a discussion? Let me know. Too sweet, too good. Later, guys. Thank you, Guion. Thank you, Guion. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like any, you, you lessen the impact of the gimmick match if you just have a random gimmick match with no real story involved. Uh, Gion mentions the Symphony Destruction match, which, yeah, did have a bit of a story. Uh, nonetheless, that feud has, like, zero heat. Um, and while the match was fun, uh, you had to question why they put those guys <laughs> through those spots for a match that had zero heat. I mean, they thought, hey, if we do this match, this, this story will get some heat. Instead, you just leave that match thinking, gosh, why did they do that to Nakamura? Why did they power slam him on top of a piano? Even if, even if in a vacuum... Because, you know, some people on, on, on in our YouTube comments, I know one particular person, I forget who, 
said, you know, what, why did you guys have a problem with that last match? Why did you guys think that last match was stupid? And I was like, man, okay, so I'll clarify. I think I responded to it. To clarify, the match was fun, but that last piano spot was just seemed incredibly dangerous. And, and Shinsuke ended up with nine stitches in the back of his head Some because tables, of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even in a vacuum, that match, yes, it was fun, but nobody's nobody wants to go back to that feud. No, like, I don't now think... Oh man, I really want to see more of this feud because that match was great. Some matches can accomplish that. No, he, this one didn't because this feud is so lacking in heat. Now, if they had turned the table somehow and it was a, a, a baby face that got body slammed on that piano, got busted open like Elias, that's something you can mind for more story. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, with the heel Nakamura getting that, doing that spot and getting busted open. The only way you can really uh, exploit that for further storytelling is to get sympathy for the the the, the heel, and they're not going to do that. Yeah. Um. So it's I don't know. It's it's it, I feel like it's a situation where <sighs> matches like that, while fun, unless it's the blow off or unless it's the leading to something more than that, just don't do it. Just save it for for a blow off. Save it for something of of importance. Um, or something with some heat because that particular story has none of it. I will. Okay. So I'll, um, I'll try to play devil's advocate here or try to look at the other side of it. And I can't think of anything beyond. So for example, in new Japan, you know that the G one is coming up, you know, that the new Japan cup is coming up in WWE. If they made it a yearly thing, the King of the ring. Now those are tournaments. They're not gimmick matches. Yeah. If there was a gimmick match, and I know, so WWE, they do have Elimination Chamber that is actually coming up. Or uh, Money in the Bank. That's now, a gimmick match that actually has story wrapped into yeah, the match Yeah, right, itself. exactly. Yeah, totally. So if you have a big event match that's coming up, but, I mean, you know, a feud that they all of a sudden just say, you know, oh, we're going to just suddenly do a tables match. No, nah, why, why would you do that? You don't need matches that are, that are gimmick matches that they just do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know. How often does WWE really do that? Like, I'm trying to think of Well, instances. I mean, like, they'll, usually, they'll have... Usually, they are kind of story motivated. Yeah, you know, and, you know, they'll have the annual Halloween and Christmas mm-hmm. street fight type matches, and those are just kind of an annual thing, whether the participants are storyline motivated or not. Usually, they kind of are, one thing, there's not one, a lot of story going into those. One thing WWE could be a lot, could do a lot better is that the matches that are gimmicked, I'm sorry, the pay-per-views that are gimmicked, like, for example, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell should not be a pay-per-view. It should be a match that happens on occasion that is only busted out for the feuds that are like, for example, and I wouldn't want to see this because I want to see Edge have some longevity to this return, but Randy Orton versus Edge, the beginnings of this feud seemingly could totally take place at a hell on a cell. Like that could be story motivated and it should be that special of a match that this kind of feud would warrant it. Um, And so I do think they should get rid of I mean, Elimination Chamber, I never really thought of was like, oh, the kind of match that needs to only be busted out on occasion. No, usually it's, it's you know, kind of historically it's either been for title matches and number one contender. I think it'd be great if they solidified it as the number one contender for the guy, for the brand that didn't win the didn't Royal win Rumble. Rumble. exactly. Yeah. Totally. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, next, got a question from Doc Hensla. <laughs> literally, like this guy is in the middle of a surgery. No, 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 not in the middle one, no. 
and he's filming these Matt Chat questions. <laughs> Anyways, he's got question. Take it away, Doc. Hey, Stephen Larson. This is your favorite doctor, Doc Hensler, here with my Matt Chat question for the week. So, me and my friends uh, were online looking at some N64 uh, video games, and got me thinking. Um, what is y'all's uh, top five favorite wrestling video games uh, to come out ever? Um, me and my friends were very partial to the N64 era, so, uh, but what are y'all's favorites? Cool, thanks. Thank you, Doc Hensler. Thank you, Doc Hensler. So you didn't write anything down, so I'll just have what I have here, because I think we can agree this is definitive for us. Uh, best wrestling game of all time. Oh, one I didn't add. I'll have to add this one here. Uh, one back there. Uh, number one on my list, and I think yours too, is WCW versus NWO World Tour. Okay, so why? Base hits. Let's explain. Base hits. Yeah. It's the base hits. It's the, it's the, it's the TKO. Where there is, uh, out of nowhere, you can hit someone with a clothesline, you win the match. There is no single more satisfying moment in any wrestling game than what we refer to as the base hit. And Correct. The, the base hit is specifically the noise that's made. And it's you can get usually it's like with Hogan or Luger it's a clothesline or a punch or Nash with the with the boot. And if you do it from behind, the guy goes like and that. And it makes this noise. And collapses. Yeah. 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 And then if you do it from the front, the guy like crumbles back. It's like fantastic. This. It's the absolute best. And it's the most satisfying thing in, in any wrestling game yeah. alive. Yeah. Number two, uh virtual pro wrestling. Yeah, it's just basically world tour with an expanded roster, including Minoru Suzuki, an all-star roster, Fantastic. just classic. It's great. Yeah. Uh, number three, I have WCW versus NWO Revenge because you get a little bit of the base hit action plus some customization. Yeah, you still get base hits. Yeah. Yeah. After that, the base hits aren't gone. really as much of a thing. It's gone. Uh, no Mercy. That's what most people consider to be the best wrestling game on the N64. Because you have a much fuller customization yeah, suite. Backstage, you can fight. There's a lot more you can do. Yeah. No base hits though, really. No base hits, yeah. And then WrestleMania 2000. Which is, yeah, in between Revenge and No Mercy in the timeline. Yeah. But not as... as There's the, more No Mercy n- than... No base hits, plus not as much customization. It's still fairly no customizable. Mercy. It's more than, more than Revenge. More than Revenge, yeah. yeah. In Revenge, you could just change the person. You can you change... The name and their outfit. The name and the outfit, yeah. But World Tour, in terms of like the gameplay experience, man, that's tops. Yeah, it is. Tops. Yeah. If you want to do a traditional wrestling match, you can do that and have a great time. Yeah. If you want to do a base hit tournament like we were, we were often fond of doing, have an absolute blast. Terrific, yeah. Absolute blast. Uh, next question from B-Man. Oh, wait, you forgot the last one there. 2K14. Oh, yeah. No, I started virtual pro wrestling in there instead of 2K14. So it's okay. all in 64 games. But 2K14 is probably the best of the current lot, the more recent lot, because you can do the... They had the custom story stuff, and yeah, the gameplay the was really scenes. good. Now, here's the thing. One thing that you and I did not do, and I would like, love to do at some point, is the story based was it was it bring the pain or one of them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was like extremely story based. You could throw people. There was like one sequence where you could throw people. Like I forget, I don't think it was bring the pain. It might have been a different one, but I've never played that, so I don't know. But a lot of people say bring the pain's really good. Yeah, um, yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah. Uh, now, Patrick, uh, question from Patrick Spar. B man. Hey, friendos, at Pat here. Gotta make it quick. So, Hall of Fame this year. NWO, Batista, the Bellas, potentially JBL, and a couple other people. My question for you is, what are your favorite matches and moments and some of your least favorite moments from all the inductees going in? Just fun moments, bad moments, whatever. Just what are your fondest and least fondest memories and matches of all the potential 
Hall of Fame inductees for 2020. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, NWO Austin Theory. All right, so the Hall of Fame class, uh, he mentions NWO, Batista, Bellas, JBL, and then rumored is Bulldog. Mm -hmm. The only people who have been announced is NWO, Bellas, and Batista. Correct. Okay, so uh, classic NWO moment. You have a great, a lot of great NWO moments. But uh, obviously, during Hogan's feud with the Warrior, when Zabisco uh, claimed that the Warrior was in the wall, he's in the wall. The Warrior was in the he was at his 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 image was in the mirror yeah. looking back at Hogan. Yeah, and Zabisco somehow interpreted that as Warrior being in, he's the, in wall. the wall. In the wall. Uh, another classic NWO moment: Fake Sting. I've been Great. reading that Nitro book. Great, it's so good, and they talk about how. Uh, Fake Sting was originally going to be the third man. They were going to have Sting. Everybody thinks it's Sting, and he's supposed to be the third man, but then it's revealed to be a fake Sting. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, they scrapped that, but they were so enamored with the idea of fake Sting that they eventually brought him back. Yeah, it worked pretty well. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and then during that for very first promo in the ring when Hogan turns heel and joins the NWO, he calls it. He When, when dubbing the new name, he refers to it twice, not once, but twice, as the new world organization of wrestling. And they had repeatedly said before this, remember, call it the new world order. That's what it's going to be called, the new world order. And he couldn't even get that right. He was so worried about the, him. Of course, he was enamored with what's going to happen to him. Of course, that's that's the Hogan way. Exactly. So, yeah, he called the new world organization. But, man, there is all sorts of great moments. Here, should I do mine? For Dennis NWO? Rodman. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. You had sold out and on here too. That might be the worst moment. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best moment. But of, there's to me, sorry, there's such a blurry line between great best and worst. Uh, best NWO moment for me is when uh, Hogan pulls his own head out of a box. Yes, and freaks out about it. Yeah, that was pretty great. I'd freak out about that too. And then also Scott Hall when he made his debut on WCW. WCW. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Yeah. Great. All denim. It's fantastic. Next on the list, Batista. Uh, I have a couple the thumbs downs classic. Oh, that's the like Triple the H. best moment. Yeah. His first retirement speech when he left the first time and he's in the wheelchair with a neck brace. And all yeah, that. yeah, that was his. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, that really was great. That was great. My favorite Batista thing might be the most recent when they're supposed to have Ric Flair's birthday party and Flair's a no show out in the ring. They cut backstage and you got Batista pulling the cameraman. He goes in a room, pulls Ric Flair out. And, uh, and yells at the camera towards Hunter. One, that was fantastic. One of my favorite Batista moments, I didn't even see live or didn't know about it until literally like a month ago when somebody posted this on Twitter. And Batista's giving like, he's like doing a promo backstage. And this random fan runs in the middle of the shot and like sticks his tongue out and goes, Bleh! and then runs off. And Batista almost starts laughing because he's so confused and he thinks it's hilarious. And this was just, I think, like an intern or something they had they sent to like disrupt him. Yeah. And it was just a funny little moment where you get a little bit of realism from Batista. Um, but yeah, no, that was all good. His stuff with Triple H, like the, the build of Batista in Evolution, and then when he turns on Triple H and says, "I want that title," that was all so expertly done. That was just probably Triple H, you know, behind the scenes creative building that because he wanted to prove that it was Batista and not Jindrak that should have had that spot in Evolution. <laughs> Uh, he does. He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit. And Vince was like, he fits, and I'm like, he doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. He doesn't fit. Uh, you're top, He's got blonde hair, and I've got blonde hair. Your top Bella's moment. Free mode. Mm -hmm. 
That's it. So here's the thing. I think me. that the Bellas are, are great with what they've done. Yeah. I think they absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. More than half the people in there. Yes. Because I, I think it's true that they have brought a lot of new people into wrestling via their total divas and total bells and all that stuff. Uh, and they're I just, as I never cared about them on the show. I never did. Nikki's last, uh, her title run when she had the belt for a while, she actually had some really deep, she had some pretty good matches. Sure. But no, for the most part, I was never a huge fan of the Bellas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that, yeah, I thought that, uh, Brie got the short end of the stick when she was like, you know, accidentally hurting people a bunch of times. I thought they were overblowing that. I felt so bad for her because she was getting a lot of social media backlash for like, Accidentally kicking people too hard in the face or whatever she did. Yeah, she kicked Liv Morgan right in the face. <laughs> yeah. You know, I felt bad that she got all that because, you know, accidents happen. It's accidents wrestling. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I'm sure they're lovely people. But I just, I never really cared about them. I never cared about them. Free mode. Yeah. Uh, JBL, uh, his bloodbath with uh, John Cena and Eddie Guerrero. Gee, Man, there was a lot of blood. Brutal. Uh, it was those type of matches that got JBL over as a heel, though. Uh, however, busting open Blue Meanie Hardway <laughs> doesn't get him over. Yeah. Well, it does get him over as a heel, a real heel. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's not a good look. I'll be honest. My favorite JBL moments were actually Legends with JBL, yeah. his interview series. It was good stuff. I thought that he's just a terrific interviewer. I really liked a lot of his commentary work as well. I know that, like, you know, he also had issues with Moro Ranello, uh, which, not great. No. But, um, I don't know, maybe Moro's difficult to deal with. I don't know. I'll give JBL the benefit of that one. I don't know, given JBL's reputation. Yeah, but here's the thing. That, didn't that reputation sort of, wasn't that like, I don't know, wasn't that like a long time ago? I don't know. Here's the thing about all that, all that stuff JBL, with JBL JBL is a very complex and He is. He is. He totally is. Uh, British Bulldog. Go ahead, Steve. Assuming that he is uh, actually going to be inducted this year. That's rumored. It's not a, nothing confirmed about that yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, main eventing against Bret Hart in 1990, whatever, go. too, I to guess. SummerSlam, yeah, Wembley Stadium. Wembley, yeah. yeah. Because I, I've been to Wembley before. Not for that. Mm -mm. But, uh, oh, he was also there. When the Shockmaster debuted. Correct. He was on the same side as the Shockmaster. Correct. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have any there's no, like bulldog moments that really stand out. I mean, he's, he was terrific. And he's great and everything. There's two. I th For whatever, whatever reason, I remember him and Davey Boy, sorry, him and Dynamite Kid teaming up against the Killer Bees in the first wrestling match I ever watched. That could be complete BS. I could be totally not remembering something that ever happened. I could be totally remembering something that never happened. Um, I hope so. That'd be great. Uh, I do it all the time. Also, I remember I watched Rumble 95, the first one that HBK won, when uh, Bulldog and he, and he were the first two in. Mm -hmm. It's at Hilton's house. <laughs> yeah. um, and they were the last two in. Yeah, It was yeah, pretty yeah. cool to see that they were the first two in, last two in. Remember that time? I think, was it then? He had like those weird, really long braids. Yeah. That was weird. What a weird look. <laughs> Who thought? I thought, it, actually, when I saw it, I was like, man... Did he grow? No. Like, that was all just fake. Like, Road Dog, he had fake braids. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That hmm. wasn't real. Hmm. Weird, right? Yeah, I didn't know. I would assume those were real. I might think about that. I want to get some fake braids, dude. You got to let the hair grow out a lot more. I don't think their hair was all that long. I think that, well, 
Like when I grow it and it like right before I cut it, like I think that's long enough to get to get braids. I don't know, man. I think it is. I don't know. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, next, got a question from Stephen M. All right. My friend knows, my one knock on AEW currently is some of the, the teams don't fit the wrestlers now. They, they, there's an exception to the rule of uh, Hangman's uh, Darby Allens in particular, I think suits him perfectly. Um, I like Cody's, but if you could, using licensed music or say a composer, who would whose music would you change? Maybe power rank top ten, five each, uh, men and women, uh, who you'd like to maybe license music or something of like better entrance music. Thank you, Stephen M. Man, I think everybody, everybody in in in, in a AEW. Who isn't Jericho? Because Judas is cool. You didn't put Cody on this list. Oh, you did put Cody. Sorry. Best friends. Yeah, that's a great thing. And Cody. Everybody else. I think Britt Baker's theme's not bad. Everybody else needs new musica. Yeah. Nuevo musica for everybody else. MJ- MJF literally has stock music. It's like, yeah, stock YouTube music. He needs new music. He definitely needs Mox has like the most generic middle of the road rock (laughs) stuff. Something unique, something befitting Mox, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, Kenny needs his New Japan music back. Desperately. His... Remember, like the when he, the the first time he showed up with his new music, and it's like, what? It, when is it going to kick in? <laughs> they got the cover with the guitar stuff and the singing stuff is yeah, better. Yeah, but man, that his new Japan when scene was so good. Whenever I see, I always get so bummed out whenever I see him walking the streets of Tokyo or wherever it is he's walking the streets of. I'm like, oh, I miss one here. the old. Oh! I know it was so cool. Yeah, he desperately, he's like one of their top guys. He desperately, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. There's one more name on here who doesn't need best theme music in AEW, Hangman Page. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah, 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 his is really it's good. It's terrific. His is really good. Oh, and I like the Young Bucks. I like their theme. Yeah, they're fun. yeah that's they're, fine. Theirs is fine. It's very fitting for them. Totally. Uh, next guy, question from Cult of False Realities. What's up, Stephen Larson, all the friendos out there. Cult of False Realities, back with another Matt Chat question. Hopefully I made it on time. But with this question, is going to be a little bit longer than what I usually do and a little bit more serious. So if anybody that knows me, who have seen me in the comments or during a live stream, people know that I am A, a big Jeff Hardy fan, but also a huge Chris Benoit fan. I feel like Chris Benoit needs to be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. But in the same way with Jeff Hardy, they are both controversial I call them, I say heroes, because people look up to them, but they do a lot of where it's more, I'll say more negative than positive. Chris Moab was a great wrestler, but the fact that he did the whole homicide, suicide, whatever, it put a big, big spot on him. It put a big black actress, actress on him. And with Jeff Hardy, he's kind of doing the same thing. So my question for this week is, who are some other controversial heroes 
that you can think of who you, you like them, but at a certain point, you know in the back of your mind like they did something wrong. You know, with Jeff, it's the whole drug thing and stuff like that, too. But who else could you think of? Uh, too sweet, too good, shoulder lean. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Call to False Reality. Thank you, Call um, to False Reality. There's a lot of uh, wrestlers in the history of wrestling who on screen uh, portrayed uh, baby faces, heroes, you could say, and uh, behind the scenes were uh, real turds. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of them. I would sort of not, I would sort of stop short of putting Ben on Jeff Hardy in the same category, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, Benoit exists in a league of his own, and then maybe occupying sort of the same space. You have this as an answer. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Snook uh, might have killed somebody. Seems like he probably maybe might, might have, have killed, killed somebody. somebody. Might have killed somebody. So, like, they're, you know, killing people. That's That's a different own. league. That's and a different then, league. Obviously, the uh, invader who killed... Bruiser Brody, he's in that sphere as Correct. well because Correct. he killed a person. Um, as far as other uh, uh, heroes on your screens, kind of turds or absolute turds backstage, you got some other names. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, real turd. Big time turd. Real turd. Ultimate Warrior, for sure. Uh, if you don't believe us, uh, just look up some of the stuff he has said. <sighs> uh, Hulk Hogan, See, for uh, a variety of reasons. Bit of a turd. Turd. Bit of a turd. Fabulous Moolah. Oh, if... If the allegations against her are even close to being correct, she's like just below the Benoit, Snuka, and then uh, uh, Invader territory. Like she didn't necessarily kill anybody, but she ruined a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. You have some other names here. Jake Roberts. Yeah. A bit of it. Yeah. Look, his his retribution story. Well, that's not the word I'm looking for. Redemption story. Thank you. Redemption story is a really great one. But while he before he redeemed himself, seemed like just a massive turd. Uh, yeah, Iron Sheik has said some really bad things. Like it's funny, you oh Sheik, he's funny and lovable. He's oh Bubba this, Bubba that. He has said some bad things too. Um, you know, a lot of people have said some bad things, but uh, yeah. So I'll go with that. And I, I I'll be honest, man. I look the thing about Jeff Hardy is that. A lot of that stuff is just very self-destructive, you know? And it's like, yes, the, the, the thing about him is that it's one thing to be self-destructive, but if you are got a bunch of DUIs, you're putting other people's people at lives risk. at exactly. risk. Exactly. So That's you really need to be careful with that yeah. stuff. Uh, next, got a question from Rich. Brendo's Rich the Smash Bro here. Yes, sporting my Stone Cold Steve Austin short hair that Steve coined me with a week ago. Quick question, just because the Saudi show happened this week. What is the amount of money it would take Stephen Larson to appear in person at a Saudi Arabia super show or Crown Royal, whatever you want to call it? Just what would the price tag be for you guys to go there? What would be your limitations? What would be, you know, just everything. Just tell me what it would take for Stephen Larson to go to Saudi with the WWE and represent going in raw. Let me know, friendos. Too good, brother. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. You can go first. Uh, $1 million lining my pockets would get the job done for me probably. Look, man, I got a family to take care of. I got a mortgage. I don't know, probably. I don't know. It's 
it's the kind of thing that we probably wouldn't do, but I would insist we have a freaking conversation about it. Well, I think the conversation would be, okay, it's going to be an exorbitant amount of money, but also a, a portion of that money, maybe even my cut, is going to charity. Because I wouldn't feel right just going over there for a huge check and just pocketing it all. Yeah, I would I would probably have to dole some of it out of charity too. And I don't think it's like a like a good portion of it. Okay, so here's the thing. I'll, I'll I'll try to keep this as real as possible. Yeah. As real as possible. I honestly believe that this is one of those situations where we have no idea how we would react and what we would do unless the situation literally presented itself to That's us. entirely possible. And we'd have to sit down and really talk about it. I think chances are what we do is say, look, they're offering us a million each. Let's figure out the tax situation, and then half of it would go to charity. Uh, that's I, that's that's like the realest I can think about this situation. Is it'd have to be a lot of money, and a million dollars a lot of money to me. And I know it's a lot of money to you. It'd have to be a lot of money, and we make sure that at least half of it would mm-hmm. go to charity. That seems like it's probably the most realistic situ- yes. like that I can think of. Yeah. But it's honestly one of those situations where it'd be so unreal for the WWE to ask us to go to a Saudi Arabia show. Like, that's so much for us to wrap our heads I around. I know. And luckily, we'll never have to deal with it. Much less uh, offer us a million dollars to do it, because that would definitely never happen. <laughs> never happen. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, hey, do you guys want some exposure? I know. Here, uh, we'll pay for half your airfare over there. <laughs> Okay, I like that it's Triple H that you're doing. And you're flying commercial, yeah, not on the charter. Uh, Next, got a question, uh, some text questions. First from Joshua Martinez. He asks, seems like there will only be one NXT match at WrestleMania. What other match or matches would you add? Um, I kind of feel like both of the top titles. Uh, Men's women should be on the line at Mania. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, And if that's the case... I know storyline-wise, it doesn't necessarily make sense because by that point, by the time Mania rolls around, uh, uh, Adam Cole will have already eclipsed Balor's reign as long as NXT history. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, they can find a way to kayfabe it, brother. Brother. So th- that honor is on the line for the Mania match. Yeah. Uh, to really prove who's really Mr. NXT. That's some good storytelling right there. That could be interesting. Yeah, it's cool that for that to happen at TakeOver. But at the same time, having Balor in there, given all success on the main roster versus Adam Cole, um, that would be pretty huge. Yeah, that'd be rad. That's a really good one. I'm going to go because I agree with I agree with what you're saying. That's probably like the I'm going to say this. There's so many the, the, the matches that storylines I really don't care that much about. But match wise always blow me away is the NXT UK tag division. And then you've got a couple of really terrific tag teams there in prime NXT. And so I'd want like a gauntlet match with NXT and NXT UK. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a really long section of time to have. So maybe that wouldn't work. But uh, I don't know, some sort of match that really really focuses on the terrific tag division between NXT and NXT UK. I mean, you got Gallus, you got Imperium, you got Mustache Mountain, you got the Undisputed Era, 
you got uh, who's the current? Oh, you got the Broserweights now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just the tag matches they put on are just so absolutely terrific. Yep. yep. So I'd like to see. I'd like That'd to see cool. that. Be That'd focused. be a cool showcase. Next, Luis Ariza. T- so today I saw that La Sombra. El Idolo. Andrade came out to Black Skinhead while on CMLL. That's a Kanye song. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so my question is, pick five wrestlers from any promotion to give licensed music to. Mm. This is what I got. Uh, Dijakovic, you were insistent that one of his old themes sound like Tool. I was a little meh on it. Nonetheless, give him a Tool song. I'm saying Stink Fist. What is it? It's like that heavy bass. Yeah, at the very least, they had aped that from a Tool song. Uh, next, for uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, they love their wrestling toys. They sure do. Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. Okay, good. Uh, for Mojo Raleigh, give him L.A. Woman. L.A. Mr. Woman. Mojo Ryzen. Mr. Mojo. Uh, Bailey, she's uh, inks-filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, she likes to sulk. Yeah. Uh, give her She's Lost Control by Joy Division. That's a great one, yeah. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Kenny Omega needs a New Japan song back. Okay. Uh, while you're talking about Joy Division... I want to go with another Madchester band, uh, Happy Mondays, and they're going to contribute Hallelujah to Seth Rollins. There you go. Good. Good. <laughs> it's so ill-fitting for a wrestling theme, but I don't care. Um, I just watched 24-Hour Party People the other day, and it's amazing. Uh, I'm going to go Shorty G because he has a basketball gimmick, seemingly. Kind of, yeah. I'm going to give him White Iverson. And then uh, Baron Corbin. The misfits wear eagles dare. The the chorus there is, I know goddamn son of a bitch. Sorry, Baron, you kind of are. You are a son of a bitch, Baron. Yeah. Yes, you are. That's all you I You are. Uh, final text question. You want to take this one, Steve? Yeah. From El Hombre Girafa, Julian Ernesto Abril. I'm pretty sure I got that name right. He says, here's the deal. An eccentric billionaire kidnaps you both and offers you one chance at freedom and a reward. You get paid $1,000 for every Walter chop you live through, but you have to take at least 10 in order to be set free. How much money do you think you'd make? He thinks, he says, which one of you gives up first and why is it Steve? I don't think I'm the one giving up first, man. I'll be honest with you. I think I'm a little bit more resilient than you are physically. I believe that. You seem constantly on the verge of collapse anyways. But in the face of like real, dis- that's all you're minor always, shit. You're always tired. You said your neck always, your neck is always Yeah, but pain. I'm also, yeah, I'm dealing in constant pain, so I feel like my pain <laughs> threshold is pretty high. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Kind of feel like you're always on. Uh, little baby boy, that's what you always say about me. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's. It's so condescending. Way. It's not condescending. It it's truly just is. how I feel. All right, we can take that and shove it. I'm sorry. I love you, man. But you're boy. I'm so tired. I'm so sick. <laughs> so tired and so sick. The reason I was a little sick more recently was because of you. Yeah, I know, but you're so mean about it. Anyways, uh, no, man, I don't think I'll be the first to give up. Give me 25 large. Chris Van Vliet. In uh, did a video. Yeah, where how many he went did he take? 20 at yeah. a wrestling school. Man, his chest looked like hell. It looked like hell, but it didn't look that bad. And even if you amplify, that's twenty chops. Yeah. And if you, but none of them the, were none of them were Walter chops though. It, yeah, I know, but it's not like some, uh, it's not like some Passion of the Christ thing where like freaking flesh is coming is like literally being ripped off. You know, I think here this, I can take twenty five Walter chops 
And yes, I will be number one. I think after like ten, it'll just be numb. Let me ask you. You'll just get used to it. We need to find out how many chops PCO took from Walter. Because uh, uh, I don't think you want to get things to go that far. Because um, that's a situation where skin is blistering, and that would probably be open wounds. For twenty five thousand dollars, I don't know. And man. the ability to say, "Hey, I last the twenty five Walter chops. I'm a big boy." Yeah, but you're also not braggadocious like that. I would be. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. Like inherently, you're not. At that point, I would be. I'd make a shirt out of it and wear it every day. All right. Uh, for me, the, my freedom is more important than the money. Um, so, so why not just do 15 more? Why? Like, I, you can make a shirt saying, I survived one Walter Chop from an average person. That's quite a feat. Mm. Just give me my freedom. That's more important than anything else. My freedom. Why, see, so uh, say it takes, I don't know, three minutes to take 10 chops. All right, you're free. Why do you want to stay there a second longer when you could just walk out the door right then and there? Freedom is more important to me than money. So the fact that I'm free is all I really want. The fact that I apparently earned $10,000 in the process is gravy. As soon as I'm free, I don't know what the situation is like in captivity. I don't know what this eccentric billionaire is, what kind of situation he's put me in upon my kidnapping. Okay, so. It could be a, a, like a hellhole. And after being in there for a spell and waiting for Walter to fly over from Germany. Um, you have triggered a new thought in my head. All right. I don't want to give this eccentric billionaire the pleasure of being entertained any more than is necessary. You so found you're out. So you'll take the 10, maybe 10 and out because if it's a matter of like, if I could stick it to the billionaire by taking additional chops, then I'd be down for it. But I don't think it'd be sticking it to him because a thousand dollars is nothing to exactly. him. It'd be the son of a bitch Bloomberg sitting there enjoying this and you know, then, okay, so you've made a point. I'll take the 10 and get out of there only because I don't like, I hate rich people. Ooh, I hate rich people. Yeah. They think they're better than me. I don't think so. They do think they're better than you. I know, and I hate it. And so uh, I'm going to take my 10 and take my leave and say, hey, Walter, I'll go buy you a beer. Let's go. Great. Thanks for getting me out of here, Some Walter. Good shopping, Walter. Good shopping. That's it. That's the show. That's it. That's the show. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hey, if you want to get your video question on Matt Chat, drop us $20. That's all it takes. We're not eccentric billionaires. No. We want engagement, and we want videos. But if we dropped it down below $20, everybody would send a minute who has time for that. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thanks to all our Matt Chatters out there for your support. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.